Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for coming today. Makes me feel good inside. Amen. Uh, we, we made an announcement about the meeting next Saturday, I think. Fireworks and one or more. If you're reading your uh, notes, i uh, give you a quote there. I won't read it. But I put a, note, a quote in there. I think, well, it'd be good to put a quote in there each week so we have something to think about. Because for the last two weeks, all I've been doing is reading quotes on divine healing. You said, why would you do that? Because I need divine healing. And when you have a need, you have to look to the Scripture for it. There's many quotes, uh, according to the prophet, to where I come to the conclusion I didn't have faith. Because when he said, God reveals to you you're healed, you'll be healed. Well, I understand divine healing up here. But we know there's a dynamics of our carnal faith. And when it gets down here, it will be completed. I did finally find a quote to where it kind of let me off of the hook just a little bit. It's amazing how you look for quotes that let you off the hook. Because he said, you know, it takes God to heal. Now, a doctor can remove a tumor, or a doctor can remove an obstruction, but it takes God to heal. I said, praise the Lord, because I've got an obstruction. I've got a bone broke back here in my spine that's pressing on a nerve, and the lying symptoms are saying, you need help. But the Word of God says, I am healed. And it will come to a manifestation one way or the other. Amen. So be in prayer for us. And uh, uh, we pray for you and we like for you to pray for us. Because we're looking at the strain of basically if we go through this operation, how long we will be down, what will be involved. I was reading this past week all the instructions. And I kind of enjoyed it just a little bit because it said you can't lift no more than five pounds for the first three months. Then I felt sorry for my wife because she's going to have to lift everything. No yard work. No animals. No this, no that, no that. So the only thing I know I'm going to do is lay in bed and pray for three months. But... Uh, I think God will work it out a little easier than that. But you be in prayer because there be, we'll just have to see how it works out. And we need uh, your prayers at this time. Good to see the visitor this morning. Sam, your mom's here and your brother. So we're glad to have them. Let's make them welcome with us this morning. <clears throat> uh, we spoke to Brother Orville in Canada this week. He called me up and we had a nice talk. And it's glad for them to be tuned in. Uh, with us, and we ask that the Lord will be with them. Hopefully, uh, the border will open up, they say, maybe the last of July. But I said, well, that's going to be under operation if we go through with it at that time, so we'll just have to work it out. But our prayers are for them also. Uh, they have all the parts ordered, I think, for our new PA system. It is qu quite complex. Uh, it is going to be real sophisticated, and we're going to be almost Hollywood when we get on. 
Because I read a quote this week, Brother Bram said, if you want a big church and big congregation, you've got to go Hollywood. And <laughs> I don't want a big church and I don't want a big congregation because the bigger the congregation, the less that you can teach. And we know that there will only be a small elected group of people under certain conditions that will basically come to the revelation and oneness of the Word of God by consistent teaching. And that's what we are attempting to do. Not that we are a teacher, but we believe that the Holy Spirit is here to teach us. So we're looking at the Word of God. Our subject that we've been on, and I'm going to kind of back up a little bit and pick it up, is faith in the presence of Christ. Now we keep qualifying what we're saying because Christ there speaks of the anointing and the anointing is God Himself. The presence of God Himself. And God always appears or is present in a form. And that's what we're looking at is basically the revelation of the presence of God. And we believe that we're in that portion of Scripture and prophecy of the fulfilling of a unique teaching, a doctrine that the Bible says himself, we'll read you the Scripture in a few minutes, that the Bible tells us very few will understand or receive it. So we got two strikes against us before we start. The Bible teaches us that very few will receive it because everyone whose name is not in a certain, certain section of the book will be deceived. And the deception is basically Christianity in the form of carnal teaching. Organized religion is basically the tool of the devil as far as the prophet and the scripture is concerned. It's not to be detrimental. It's not to be critical. It's just what it is. And people are worshiping in the form of the church, worshiping Satan and don't know it. We see mankind going to the natural brute beast that is in our midst. And we see what we call this woke society. And Hemi knows that we are a very small group of woke people. We've already been woke up. But it's not to the place that we can receive LP, GP, whatever Q they are. Or don't know whether we're male or female or whatever's going on. But we believe that God himself is here and revealed to us that we are sons and daughters of God. So we are woke this morning. And we will not receive the thought of Satan out there teaching us that we have to be in this certain mindset to be accepted in society. Everyone in this building this morning is a racist because you're white. All whites are racist. Now, the only ones I would think white is racist is someone that's not white. I cannot help that, and they cannot help it, but in God, we're all under the blood, and God does not see color. He only looks at red through red and sees you absolutely sanctified or white in His presence. God does not see us. He only sees the blood, but He hears our voice. 
and therefore our confession basically stabilizes or determines our state and standing in God. So we're looking at a subject this morning that I'm looking at, at the revelation of the presence of God Himself. We can say the revelation of the Holy Spirit, not the third person in the Godhead, but God Himself who is Spirit. I warned you, and over and over through the years, this message that God Himself is here in a form has been rejected by most people and most religions. Now being questioned by the message people themselves because the failure to understand Scripture. So when I say I'm looking at the revelation of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is Hebrews 13, 8. Now remember, the Scriptures is where we must go because only the Word today is sufficient. And the Word is God Himself, the Judge. So we're in the form or the role or the plan of God where He is now Judge God the Word. Okay? And he, thir Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is not Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the man that walked on land 2,000 years ago? Jesus 2,000 years ago, the created Messiah, is not Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, and Brother Brown plainly taught it, in the days of Moses, in the days of Paul, so will it be today. Jesus the man is not the same. He was once mortal, and now he is immortal. He was once the Savior, the Lamb of God, now he is intercessor and mediator. But God never changes. And what we're looking at, people has trouble, and I'll put in your notes that this is the most misunderstood subject in Christianity or the New Testament outside of the subject of Jesus, who He is Himself. If you cannot identify Jesus, your Lord, your husband, you're going to have trouble identifying what God is doing today. Christianity, or what we call the Trinity, or even the oneness belief, has trouble defining the Holy Spirit because they can't put any parameter or substance to it. It is spirit unexplainable. They can't see it, feel it, or touch it. So therefore, they have to make it the third person of which they do not understand. The Holy Spirit is God Himself. And remember the Old Testament. There was God called Lord, Jehovah, Elah, Elohim, self-existent one, creator. And basically, the God or the Father or the Lord of the Old Testament is none other than Jesus of the New Testament. Therefore, the one is said, see, it's one like your finger. It is not. God of the Old Testament created a man called Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, and he was a man. And we understand by Scripture that his creator, God himself, a light. And I'm going to single it down to a light because when I use the word logos or the word word, people confuse it. They take it to the Bible. They take it to a spoken word. They take it to something. So we're going to define God down to the word as a light. 
called the Logos or the Angel of the Covenant, which represents symbolically in a form God. No one has ever seen God, and most people never come to an understanding of God. So therefore, the mystery of God was that He become flesh. And Jesus, therefore, was created in the very image. So the very image and the physical manifestation of a man, the invisible God was revealed through substance. So Jesus could say, when you see me, you see the invisible Father, because it is not me that's speaking to you or doing the works. It's the Spirit God in me talking to you and doing the supernatural. So therefore, we saw in Jesus a ministry. People has misinterpreted that ministry and made Him God. So therefore, people say, well, there's either three gods, or there's uh, two gods, or there's uh, one God like your finger. There is only one spirit, invisible God, period. Hear ye, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and beside me there is no God. That God of the Genesis God created is not Jesus of Nazareth. The God that created everything indwelt and incarnated Himself in that body and revealed Himself as a man. But He left the man in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus, our beloved Lamb sacrifice, our husband, our Lord, our Redeemer, our substitute, went to Calvary and died for our sins and paid the price of sin. Therefore, by God raising Him from the dead, justified you and I forever, the sin question is settled. That's thus saith Almighty God. So everything God wanted for us is in the person of Jesus 2,000 years ago. Salvation, healing, and all the redemptive names of Jehovah was manifested to us as already done and finished in the person of Jesus Christ. We have a unique uh, ministry today, and it only was to appear at the end time to a unique, specific group of people. This is not uh, meant to uh, eliminate, become a cult, separate, or any of those things that we have made it. It is a revelation of the Scriptures that some people, by election, will see. And by seeing God the Word, by revelation, will become a part of that Spirit, and an act of divine healing will be entrapped in them because the rapture is only a manifestation of divine healing. Our body will be changed by the same revelation that I'm healed from tumors, diseases, and whatever more. That same faith and that same revelation of the presence of God will absolutely transform my body by the renewing of my mind. Have we arrived there? We're probing at it. We are there as far as the fulfillment of God's Word is concerned. We're going to see by Scripture this morning that we are in the now. What is God doing now? Because as far as the Scripture is concerned, what He's doing now 
appears as if he is doing nothing. Remember, there was 400 years of silence between Malachi 4, 5, and 6. And when John the Baptist come on the scene 400 years later, for, for 400 years, God said, I'll send you Elijah. He didn't do one thing for 400 years until John the Baptist come forth on the scene. So God doesn't have to manifest, manifest, manifest every day and every week to keep His believers believing. They take the Word of God and prophesy or speak it until it comes into manifestation. That group living, when it comes into manifestation, becomes a part of the fulfillment of the Word of God. John the Baptist was the manifestation of Malachi 4. He was Elijah, one of the five times of Elijah. But we're also prophesied that in the end time, at the last church age, in the seventh watch, God would also send a ministry. Everybody say ministry. It's not personnel, ministry. A spirit would come with a ministry. So that ministry would absolutely be the ministry of Elijah, which is no more than the uh, Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost Himself in flesh, would repeat a ministry to turn our hearts back to the revelation of the Apostle Paul. Because we understand through the church ages the truth was lost, and now we come to an age to where it, the light is completely shut out, total darkness. But at the evening time, right before the judgment, right before tribulation sets in, we are promised by Scripture that God Himself would come down here among us and through a ministry reveal Himself to us that we could give Him preeminence in us to bring forth the sleeping saints and change our bodies. That's what we're looking at. So, as I said, this will be the most misunderstood subject in the Bible outside of the doctrine of who is Jesus and the doctrine of the presence of the Holy Spirit Himself. Now, when I say Himself, we're not talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the gospel becomes spirit and places you into the body of Christ as a believer. We're not talking about that. We're talking about after the ministry of the Holy Spirit baptizer runs out. Because remember the prophet said he would come in four stages. He'd come in Luther, Wesley, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, Pentecost. And then he will come as the Word. The Word meaning a pillar of fire, Logos. The very symbol of God Himself as the angel of the covenant. God is His own messenger. So if you've got the Godhead mixed up, if you think there's three persons in the Godhead, you will not see this. If you are Jesus only, believing this one like your finger, you will not see this. It will contradict your mind. 
That's the reason why repentance today doesn't mean feeling sorry for your sins. Your sins have already been paid for. The sin question is not the question. The question is, will you receive the Savior, which is God Himself, when He reveals Himself through the Word? And how is He going to do that? He's going to do it through men. That's the mystery of God. He reveals Himself through man. And there's where your deception comes in also, because what's the messenger or what's the veil? So we're looking at the Holy Spirit Himself. I want to repeat, not the third person. Not Jesus that walked and was nailed to the cross. Jesus the man is still the man. He did not vaporize. He did not go away. He is not laying comatose in the altar. A form laying there waiting for something. Jesus was glorified and become my intercessor and my mediator. If I need an intercessor and mediator, who do I need an intercessor and mediator to? I need a mediator between me and God. And that is the man, Christ Jesus, or the anointed Messiah. Amen. We've got to understand there is a difference between the Father and the Son. So we're looking at this basically what, where, remember, the Holy Spirit Himself, and where we get confused, if I had a blackboard here, when you write the name Jesus, everybody thinks about a picture, a man. That's Jesus. Jesus is Jehovah Savior. Now listen to what I said. Jesus is Jehovah Savior. He is the Lord of the Old Testament. He is now called our Father. He is called Holy Spirit. The same one that created the earth. The same one that created Adam and Eve. The same one that appeared in the garden in the form of a light. The same one that come to Moses in the form of a light. That same one that walked out in the form of a man that talked to Abraham, our father. That same one is here today in the form of a light. He allowed his picture to be taken. Amen. So we put a picture up. Most people have got a picture on the wall and we should have one now. Because we understand that it is not a picture of William Branham. Although he is in the picture, the picture is not of William Branham. The picture is of God Himself. Amen. So I'm looking at a revelation of the light. In the evening time there shall be light. And light always speaks of revelation, which is spiritually given and birthed into you by God, the Word Himself. Because faith, revelation of the invisible, comes by you hearing. The only way that we will receive the vision, we, we are not a prophet, therefore we don't have visions. See, just like they call Brother Branham. That's the reason it takes so long to preach a 10-minute sermon. 
One of the families over there, their son was sick and dying. So they called Brother Bram, come pray for my son that he may live. He said, well, I'll ask the Lord. And they said, well, you prayed for the boy in Finland that was already dead. Why don't you come and pray for my son who's still alive? Well, he passed away. And they said, how come you did come raise my son? He said, God did not show me in a vision that he was to live. So Brother Branham could only do what he was shown in a vision. All right, that same spirit that gave him a vision of thus saith the Lord thousands of times doesn't come to us and give us a vision. We are like Samuel. The prophet speaks to a, God speaks to a prophet. The prophet tells us what the Spirit said. We hear, and then we see the vision by the hearing of the Word. That's the reason why it takes repetition, repetition, repetition. Because I could tell you one time God is here, next week we forgot all about it. Over and over, there is one revelation that will take you in a rapture, and that is that God is present here. And if we cannot see Him present, we will not receive what He is here to do. That's just like saying, well, God's going to change your body. Well, how's he going to do that? Well, he's got to come here first. Well, I don't think he's here, so he's not here to change my body. If we cannot understand that God is here, we will never receive by faith what he's here to do. I'll repeat that, but I got it in your notes, and I know I'll give you a lot of notes to read, and uh, it is a study. So when we call the name Jesus now, Jesus basically is this light. There's Jesus right there. Not the man. And don't try to make the man God. That's the same mistake they made in Jesus of Nazareth. He was so manifested the Spirit until they called Him God. And man still today identifies Jesus as God. You say, well, He was God. He was God's veil. He was the Holy Spirit manifested through flesh. But the manifestation and the flesh was not God. It only revealed and made known to the people God. How many understands? I hope you understand. All right. So basically the Jehovah Savior, Holy Spirit, here in a form. And remember this form had a beginning. In the beginning was this light. In this form, He created all things. Paul said, we know that Jesus created all things. He's not talking about the man, Jesus. Jesus Himself was created. He was not the Creator. The Creator is this light. So we have to put God in a form. God is an object of worship. So he took a form as a light. He took a form as a rock. 
He took a form as a man. That's his manifestation form, angel, man, whatever more. God wants to be a man. He wants to be physical. He wanted a family. Hallelujah. And therefore, we are the product or the family, the seed of God, produce the sperma of God, spiritual seed of Jesus Christ, who was the seed and the face seed of Abraham, now expressed that we come forth as sons and daughters of God. Amen. This light had a beginning. You say, well, how can the light have a beginning and the light be God? Because out of nothing, Holy Spirit God, which no one knows, He birthed forth from Himself a Son, a light. And that light we call the Logos. In the beginning, when this light come forth, He was the Word. The Word was with God. It was there in that eternal Spirit that we'll never understand. And we'll never see. And this Logos was God manifested as an object to be worshipped. What is a mystery? God becoming. God unveiling Himself. God transforming. Coming down layer by layer until He is seen in human flesh as a family called the Bride of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Boy, that's what I come in on, and that's what I believe. It still thrills my soul that God Himself, my Heavenly Father, Creator of all things, is here among us and allow us to understand Him as the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we understand that the name of God is Jesus. Because Jesus said, I come in my Father's name. So therefore, Elohim, Jehovah, Spirit, placed His name in this created Son. So therefore, the eight compound, nine compound, all the attributes of the invisible God is manifested in the person of Jesus Christ. Therefore, the seven compound names of Jehovah was placed in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus was anointed by this light. We're looking at the anointer. We're looking at the author of our absolute existence. So we find out that he placed his name in the, his son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, because this son became the chosen place of worship. What do you mean? He had to have some object for you to come and worship him. Well, if Jesus wasn't God, can we still worship Jesus? Absolutely. Why? Because the Bible said, worship no man. Jesus was so unique that he become equal with the Father. And what I mean equal was he received half of the Father's kingdom. And we're joint heirs with him. Hallelujah. And the Father comes down and shows us our inheritance in His Son, Jesus Christ, that we may become one with Him in our inheritance also. He was not God. 
but we can worship him because not of who he was, but what he done for us. This man is so unique out of all the sons because he was chosen to be this manifestation and the lamb sacrificed to redeem. This same pillar of fire that led the children of Israel in that exodus, that same light. This is what's so hard to believe. You mean in this hour of computers and technology and intellectualism, we're, we're, we're not running around herding sheep, walking through whatever more, seeing a cloud and calling this this mystical? We got television, we got radar, we got, tele, we, we got knowledge, we got colleges, we're so smart, we, we got it figured out. This same God that's never changed has visited us in this hour, the supernatural light. Now then they're saying almost every day they see these strange lights. Oh, they can come and they can go. They can travel faster than the NEGs, any airplane. Now then the government has put out 140 absolute Air Force military confrontations with these lights. What are they? Well, we had a simple seventh grade educated prophet, bluegrass hillbilly, tell us why these UFOs that they're looking at is no more than investigating angels from heaven. Looking at the conditions. The conditions are getting ripe. And it's time for harvest. And one day he said that UFO, that light, will reach down and pick you up and take you all the way to glory. Hallelujah. From one dimension to another. How do I get there? Faith in the presence of God. But what's so challenging is nothing should be sick in the presence of God. There's no sickness in the body of Christ. God sees that body absolutely perfect. Praise be to God. And no sin either. We have no fault. Oh, but Brother Gregory, the preachers make me under condemnation. But the preachers are not preaching you the Word. The Word sets you free from sin. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus that have passed from death unto righteousness. That's our faith. So we find out that this same light I'm calling God. The light is not, the light is only an object that we can see. He allowed his picture to be taken so we can have confidence in what this man was telling us. Today they're trying to prove this man a liar so they don't have to believe the light. I may not have the answer to all the questions, but I understand one thing. This light has done something for me. He changed my mind. He's transforming my mind. He teaches me and guides me. My confession is amen and amen and amen. I may not be the glorious manifestation of the apple on the tree, but I believe it, I confess it, and one day it'll come into manifestation. This light, which is the Word, is in the midst of the church now. You say, well, we hadn't seen it since Brother Brown left the scene. That's what's so deceptive. You didn't see it while Brother Brown was here outside of the manifestations of a ministry. What I'm saying is, he reveals himself in a ministry. All right? 
when he finishes the ministry, what we call the prophet of the Son of Man, he comes as judge or the Word. He is not manifesting himself as such. He's here now to reveal himself to become one with you. One with us. That the power of his presence in us and around us can transform our very being. What is this spirit here for? What is this ministry that's been displayed now almost 60 years now? Brother Branham's left the scene. People say, well, there hadn't been nothing since Brother Branham left the scene. That's the deception. That's the deception. Because people are waiting for God to do something that He's already done. He does not have to heal another person. He does not have to send another prophet, and He won't. He brought a revelation of Himself that everybody calls the message. But the message, let's read a quote. Let's put this quote up there, uh, David, on who is this Melchizedek. Watch what he says. And this that comes among us as a pillar of fire. Now you saw the light. He had his picture taken. This that comes among us as a pillar of fire, as something that changes our hearts. Brother Brown's message didn't change you. This Holy Spirit conviction is what changed you. You wonder why people love to listen to tapes before 1963? It's because it was a pull. It was a spirit pulling you, convicting you, talking to you. Come in. Come. Come. Come to the cross. Come to Christ. Come to me. I'm here among you. I'm gathering you unto myself. And that convicting spirit, that ministry, drawed us. And where do we come to? We come to the object that we saw, which was a man. Now then, after all these years, we have made an idol out of the man. Don't be guilty of idolizing what God sent to talk to you. See, we can't be like Israel and build an idol like they did of Daniel. And they worship the idol because they understood that God was in uh, Daniel and spoke through him, so they built an idol to him. The message people are doing the same thing. Instead of being an idol to the man, why don't we come and worship Almighty God and bring our minds back to the Word of God for the Word to transform us. Let this Word talk to your mind. Think on it. Meditate on it. It will cause the women to let their hair grow. It will cut all these uh, short dresses up to your rear end. It will put you, make you cover up. It will put morals in you. The world is immoral today. They're abnormal. They have no morals. And they're trying to get us to accept all this sodomite condition. And there's something in us that will never accept it all. It makes us sick. And now he's going to remove the fear of saying anything about it. Oh, I can't say nothing about what's going on. Uh, it'll toss me in my job. Basically, it's going to cost us our lives. Because this council culture, I put C-A-N-C, what is it, C-L? Council culture that they got going on. 
is designed for one thing. That's to cancel God out of your mind. Cancel Him out of our systems, out of our schools, out of our children. We can't let these sodomites take our children and program them as children of hell. Amen. This thing that comes among us as the pillar of fire, something that changes our hearts, that is the same God now we're identifying a presence. Now I want to see who, what that presence is. The same God that said, let there be light. Brother Bantam takes it all the way back to Genesis 1-1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. Let there be light. Watch. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Hebrews 13-8. That is not Jesus, the man that was nailed to the cross. How many can see that? I hope we can see that. You say, well, you keep hammering it because our minds have to be directed to absolutely see this invisible God by faith. It is a revelation. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, earnestly expected. And this whole New Testament is about one subject. That's the coming of the presence of God Himself in this end time to finish up this book and set Himself up as King in the millennium. That's all the New Testament is about. But He must come first as judge before He comes as King. So keep that in mind. We'll get to it. Brother Bram said, actually, this is future home. He said, that same pillar of fire is here with us. Boy, that should really excite us to go to sleep on, shouldn't it? Oh, well, yes, hallelujah. That's what was warned that would be the condition. We're warned as the days of Noah were. They'll plant, marry, do this and whatever more. It's non-attractive. It's not in our minds. It's not something that we're gathered to. There's not a revival going on. God is here transforming Himself into human beings. And there's no outward manifestation outside of that by you being taught and becoming one with the Word of God. So it looks like nothing is going on. And it said people will get lukewarm and colder and colder and colder. And we'll get to it. That same pillar of fire is here with us. That's still the same. It hasn't changed. God Himself is in our midst. He is among His believers. He is the one that called you to sit under the presence of this teaching because that is Him drawing you, teaching you, and controlling your life today. It's not our efforts that keeps us coming and to hearing the Word of God. It is this spirit, this light. And Brother Bram said, are you aware of it? Who's he talking to here? Brother Branham was talking to his own congregation. He was talking to the Pentecostals. 
He was talking to those that believed he was a prophet. Matter of fact, most of them believed that he was God. And he said, are you aware of it? They wasn't. They knew he was there. They knew something was there. But they wasn't aware of the revelation by scriptures being fulfilled what was going on. Now remember, that same pillar of fire is here with us. Are you aware of it? That's the message. That's the message, and that's the revelation that will place you in the rapture. Without the understanding of the presence of God being revealed with, to us, we will not be a part of that rapture. Watch what he said in Queen of the South. A pillar of fire that blinded St. Paul on the road to Damascus. Come to Peter and got him out of prison. That same angel is here tonight. Oh, wasn't that a, didn't he throw you a curve there? Oh, well, this light is just an angel. I've heard a preacher tell years ago, preached Revelation 10, 1. I said, who is that one that come down with a boogie? Oh, it was a, a mighty messenger. I said, well, who was? Oh, it's just an angel. God is his own messenger. Angel means messenger. God becomes his own messenger to his own message because only God can reveal himself the word to us. There's no way that you and I are going to read this book. We can get... Nine degrees in Hebrews and 15 degrees in Greek, and we'll never understand this Bible. And the more education we get, the more we're going to mess the scriptures up. I look at these uh, churchyards full of cars. Blessed be the Baptists because they'll all gather. And it's a shame. Good people give you the coat on their back and pay you bills and everything else, but they have been taught wrong. You said, but they're good people. That has nothing to do with it. Today is, thus saith the Lord, the word, or nothing else counts. God once winked at ignorance. That day is over. The pillar of fire, watch. Got Peter out of prison. That same angel is here tonight with his picture taken many times among us producing the same thing he did watch at the tent of Abraham now you talking about being absurd and being totally ridiculous you telling me that God is here like he was to Abraham 4,000 years ago. Who in the world is going to believe that? We come in our Cadillacs and we can push button and we technology. We got more sense than that. We got a telescope that look out behind beyond Mars and everything else. There's nothing out there. But I'm telling you that God is a God of dimension. He's standing no more than 10 feet from us right now. Are we aware of it? That's the reason in desperation he said, pinch your conscience. There's something going through your mist. And without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you will miss it. What can go through your mist and you'll miss it? 
revelation, presence, invisible Holy Spirit doing something that we're not carnally aware of. Because like the brother said this morning, we're just too busy to think about it. Amen. This angel here has his picture taken and producing the same thing as he did at the tent of Abraham. What is he referring to? Discerning the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Where is Sarah? She's in the tent behind you. Well, this same, this same time next year, I'm going to visit her, and she's going to have a child. Sarah kind of laughed in her heart. <laughs> Me, an old woman, now I'm going to have a favor with my husband or a pleasure with my husband and have a child. I'm 99 years old. My womb dried up 40 years ago. And that angel, that man said, why did Sarah laugh? She said, I didn't laugh. In other words, she didn't laugh out where anybody could hear her. But that same God that knows the thoughts and intents of the heart, 15 billion years before that time, he understood that Sarah laughed in her heart because he knows all things. There's no time with God. We just stepped out of time, out of the will of God into a plan, and now then that plan is over. We're going to step back into eternity, and it'll all be over. Hallelujah. And we're there. Watch here, discerning the body. That same angel the messenger of the covenant, same pillar of fire, is here. It hasn't changed, folks. Let's see if I can put it this way. I'm talking to me as well as I am you. If I could comprehend and have a revelation that my God is here, and I'm standing in the presence of that pillar of fire, which if I realize it, fear would strike you so much you'd crawl on the floor, then why are we so unconscious? Oh, I don't feel nothing. There's nothing going on. Look, there's a lot of things going on. It just keeps moving, 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 but we're not aware of it. We're not giving the proper mindset to it. We're not thinking about it. We're not in the flow of it. And it walks right on beside of us, right on out into eternity, and we'll miss it without the grace of God. So look here. So the prophet, man, I wonder why it takes so long, a long time to get uh, two paragraphs. I guess I just love talking about it. We understand the prophet disagreed with the fundamentals. That's the reason why he's kicked out and called false. Because he disagreed with their teaching. And Brother Branham disagreed with the fundamental teaching on the conditions for the rapture. Remember in the sermon, the rapture? Ministers preach it as the rapture. That sermon is not about the rapture. It's about the conditions that will bring forth the rapture. Because he said, I'm going to title this sermon, Conditions for the Rapture. The rapture is a revelation. Think about it now. The rapture is a revelation. To me, that doesn't mean I can mechanically, intellectually figure out the rapture. He's telling me that the rapture is a revelation. 
And that revelation will take me out of here. Not the revelation. is a, a Rapture is a revelation. But the revelation of the rapture, which is the presence of Almighty God, which is the fulfillment of Revelation 10, 1 to 7. God himself comes down here to the seventh angel with an open book. Which means he come down here to make himself known. Amen. And still we have not recognized. Well, I'll tell you what we did. We recognized the miracle ministry of a prophet. But people still will not receive the revelation of the presence of Jesus Christ of Hebrews 13.8. What's so confusing is basically understanding there's a father called the Spirit God who had one unique son. Both are called Jesus. What does Jesus mean? Jehovah Savior. Elohim. Self-existent one. The men are right when they preach one God. That's true. But when you preach Jesus is that one God and not a man, that is not true. There's the error. And there's your deception. Because Brother Branham said there's two main schools of thought in this hour. And one is Trinitarian, three gods, three persons in one God. And Jesus only. And both schools of thought are wrong. Now, we either accept it, what he said, or we don't. And I'm seeing that people's minds are not accepting it. The mind is not accepting it. Repentance doesn't mean feel sorry for what you do. Repentance means the ability to change your mind toward the Word of God. And if God says, I'm here, our minds have to receive that seed. God is here. That is my confession. I water it. And I am promised that the manifestation and the dynamics of that word will come forth in my life. Praise be to God. And one day shortly, we will be able to say, when you see me, you have seen the Father. Why? Because the Word is in me. I am a believer. I am a son and daughter of God. I am the very righteousness of Jesus Christ by the grace of my Heavenly Father who provided a way out that I couldn't get out myself. So He provided a substitute and I accept the faith of Jesus Christ that went to Calvary for me and God raised Him from the dead. Therefore, I am justified before God. I am not only forgiven. I am justified. There's a difference. Through the church ages, the church forgiven, 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 forgiven. But one day when this book was open and God the judge come down, he said, you never done it in the first place. You are justified in my presence. Who said that? The judge said it. So no man can change that. 
outside of God himself. Watch. So the revelation of the presence of Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, 8, in the form of a light. And we notice on one of the message group sites, I've seen this and we'll close. Karen, you won't come. I almost got to my introduction or got to the text. When I was 25 and 30 and could stand up and preach for two and a half hours and take a deep breath and preach another hour and didn't know beans from kraut, so to speak, now since you get a picture, you don't have enough strength and soul and wind, you can't preach 30 minutes without giving out. I said, God, how come you didn't give me the revelation then so I could holler and scream at the people for three hours with the... How many looks at these, uh, on my phone, it comes up these message group sites. You ever seen that? There's end time message groups. And so I punched on some of them, Brother Brown's quotes. I punched them in so they're on my phone now. And most of them are overseas. They got whose name I can't even pronounce their names. But most of them are overseas, Africa, wherever they're at. So I noticed one had a, picture here, and he's beginning to explain the cloud at sun, out here on Sunset Mountain, the cloud that they argue over so much. And he said, now we know that the cloud at Sunset Mountain, we know that that was symbolic of the judge coming. See, he, he sees something. He said, therefore, according to Revelation 10, 1 to 7, which we know is the second coming of Jesus. That something is coming down the road. I thought, bless their hearts, praise God. They got that for some preacher. Revelation 10, 1 to 7 is not the second coming of Jesus Christ, the glorified man. When you talk about the coming of Jesus, according to the scriptures, you and I, by some invisible power and process, have basically either been raised from the dead and changed, or been immortalized, or metamorphosized, here while I'm living, into a glorified immortal person, took to another dimension, there for 1260 days, and I come back with the glorified Christ. Therefore, why am I looking for him to come when the one that's going to take me up there and bring me back is already here. Explain to me that. Well, you don't understand, Brother Gray. You think there's two gods. No. I'm going to put on tape, there is not two gods. There is one God. His name is Jesus, who had one created Unique son of the family. Jesus of Nazareth that become my substitute. Called the son of God. I have a heavenly father. Jesus is not my father, the man. Even though he is the seed by which through the process I come forth as the Son of God and the apple on the end of the tree. I understand that. 
So basically, when we speak of the wig one, the cloud, which has taken out probably 70% of message people that followed this message faithfully for 20-something years. Now they're reading quotes where they say, well, Brother Branham said this and Brother Branham said that. Uh, he didn't say this here. He didn't say this is here. He said he was here when we know he was in Texas. Back, so therefore, he's false. We do away with the message. Well, if that's true, I'm going to ask you a question. You leave the message and go back to the Bible, they say. We're going back to the Bible. We're going to preach Jesus. Okay. My Bible said in 1 Corinthians that it's a shame for women to have short hair. Right? I know it's, it's Does the Bible say that? Amen. Whether you do it or not, it makes no difference. But the Bible says it. Then my question is, if you're going to leave the message because of dress and conduct and short hair, and you're going to go back to the Bible and preach Jesus, why do you bob your hair off and put pants back on when the Bible absolutely teaches against it? You don't have to be in the message so-called to understand what the Scripture teaches. So I'm going to leave the message because Brother Branham didn't tell the truth. I'm going to go back and preach the Word, and I'm going to believe Jesus. Then you are to preach 1 Corinthians 11 harder now than you did when you was in the message. Because, see, if you listen to tapes, I don't have to preach on bobbed hair every Sunday. Matter of fact, about 15 years ago, I refused to preach on women ever service. Because after 20 years <laughs> of hammering, 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 and you still are not going to do it, why should I hammer you when you already know what the Scripture teaches? If you're not going to do it, you're just not going to do it. Amen. So what we need, I believe, is this. We need a revelation of the presence. Who is present? And what is he here to do? Because if I'm preaching you a message that God is here, but I don't have a clue what He's doing, and we're looking to the future, saying one of these days God's going to show up and do something, eventually you're going to leave the church and you're going to leave what we call the message. Because the prophet said if you keep preaching the truth, keep preaching the truth, keep preaching the truth, eventually everyone We'll leave you. Oh, so to get people to say, I'll just quit preaching the presence. But that's a wrong decision on your part. Because let me tell you this, without the revelation of the presence, you're not going anywhere. 
I'm not going anywhere. I have to have a faith that God is here. And I've got to know and I've got to confess what He's here doing now. And it's not condemning sin. It's not preaching hair on women's head or long dresses. He's here preaching and revealing Himself to bring forth a resurrection to transform and divine and heal your mortal flesh into an immortal state. That's what He's here for. And that's what He's here to do. One more warning before we leave. In 2 Peter 3 to 5, David, if you put that up there, watch now. We are warned. Peter says, knowing this first, not knowing it second, not knowing it third, knowing this first, that there shall come Watch, in the last days, and we'll get to it, which tells me a specific period of time in this drama. In the last days, first and second pull, after that's over, scoffers. Now, you can look up and determine for yourself what scoffers are. But to me, scoffers is, Brother Gregory preaches that Perusia junk. Oh, these guys over here that believe there's two lords. Oh, them preachers that believe that Jesus has come. Well, when they say that, I know they're oneness. They don't have a clue about the Godhead. Jesus has already come. Not the Jesus nailed on the cross, but Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Creator, and the Father of all things. Knowing this first and in the last days, scoffers, walking after their own revelation, after their own desires, after their own teaching, after their own thinking. What are they going to do now? They're going to say, where is the promise of His presence? Where is the promise of His presence? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Notice the word where. Where? They asked Jesus, where, Lord? Watch in Luke 17, 33. They answered Him and said, where, Lord? Where are we going to find this? Where is it going to be? It's going to be in the last days. And it's going to be wheresoever the body which is the revealed Word. You are the body. We are discerned the body of the Lord. Where the revealed Word is, where the presence is revealed, where the body is, there's where I'll be. Without the revelation, there's no presence of God. There will be no Mark 16. There will be no what we call good service. There'll be no shouting unless it's emotional or some, uh, something made up in the spirit realm. But where the revelation that God is there and He is the Word and we're gathered around the revelation and we're hearing the words feeding that soul which is the Holy Ghost in us, there is where 
the believers will be gathered. Thither will the eagles will be gathered together. For notice verse 5, and we'll close. For this, see, for this, understanding the presence, understanding where the body word is, where the revelation is, they are willingly ignorant. It's not that this teaching is something nobody knows anything about. They write books on it. Fundamentals are probably teaching on it this morning. I even read on one of the End Time Message website this morning that even the Pope himself is looking for the Elijah to come. I'd like to read that. I think that was just something made up. I don't think the Pope is looking for anything except his gown where he left his cloak at. He's probably got someone to find out where he goes to the bathroom. You say, well, that's critical. Might as well. He's the, it's of the devil. Might as well be critical of it. That's how ridiculous this is. Look, don't be more righteous than God. Don't think you're so much kinder than God you're going to call them good guys when they're of the devil. God hates organized religion. And he hates formalism. He hates legalism. He hates anything outside of I am here. Come to me. See me. Feed on me. Because where I am, there will the eagles be gathered. And for this understanding of the presence, they are willfully ignorant. Willfully. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the waters in the waters. If you'll stand this morning, we'll shut up. I know I'll keep you a long time, but if I can stand here at 81 and preach, you ought to be able to sit there at 40 and listen. <laughs> Bless your hearts. I, I love every one of you. My desire is to make sure that you don't miss the word that will get you in this rapture. I don't want to miss it, and I don't want you to miss it. Because my responsibility as a minister is to feed you the word of God that's correct, that will do the work for you. I'm not here to entertain you or to make you feel good or feel bad, either one. We're here to bring you the revelation of this message that God sent by a prophet and that He is here. And we want to know why He's here and what He's doing. And I'm not interested in being Jack Cole anymore. I used to figure out, well, if God's here, how come I can't be like Jack Cole? Because He's not here for me to be like Jack Cole. He's here to give me an understanding of this Word that I can become one with Him. My mind can think on these things, and He's going to take me out of here. I gave you a quote to read on, and it's jumped out to me. He said, why do you put that quote in there? In order to stay with God, stay gentle. Okay, that speaks to me. I'm not gentle. God is gentle, then I need to become more gentle. In order to stay with God, stay with love. Whew. Uh, that really kind of cuts me a little short. I love the Word of God, but as far as people call love, I hadn't quite arrived yet. Stay meek. Man, I have a hard time with that one. 
I really got problems. Watch. This one really got me. Don't never be self-sufficient. <laughs> Ever since I've been that tall, my mother taught me, if you don't work for it, you don't get it. Don't ask me for nothing. If you want it, get out and pick more cotton or get a job. Mom, can I use the car? No, I need that to go to work. Well, I'll be back at 10. Well, I need that to go to work. You might wear it out. That car lasted 40 years. Can I go to town and go to a movie? How much are you going to call? Quarter. That's too much. I can't, I can't spend that much. Of if you need a quarter, go out and do something. Get a job. Mow a yard. In other words, if you don't earn it, you don't get it. And if you don't get it, you won't have it. And if you don't work, you don't eat. If you don't work, you don't have no clothes. So it's, it's amazing how you become self-sufficient. And the thing that you have to overcome <laughs> is that nature that's passed down through the bloodline, like he's talking this morning, that causes you to be just like you don't want to be. And you spend all your life trying not to be a rabbit and try to be an eagle. There's a nature there. The Word of God promises us, never use your own mind. Take His thoughts. Let His thoughts be your thoughts. What we want to see is what I'm teaching. Is it scriptural? Is it in here? See, Am I teaching you the Bible? Or am I using some quotes that's not in here? If what I'm teaching you is not in this scriptures, don't believe it. But if it's in this Bible and it's scripture, whether you like me or don't like me, believe Brother Brown's a prophet or not a prophet, you're obligated to believe and accept God at His Word. And every one of us will be judged by one book. And this is the Bible. Ignorance will be no excuse. Only one that will have to give an excuse for your ignorance is me. Why didn't you tell them? Why didn't you teach them? Why didn't you preach it? Why didn't you point it out? Why didn't you bring the Scriptures alive? So in my capacity, my ability, as poor as it is, is to get you to see one thing in this hour now, before the tribulation starts. God is here, materially, spiritually, and manifestation-wise. God is here. It's in this book. And by God's grace, we're going to take this book right here and prove to you, Scripture by Scripture, the message of this hour that is not a fable. It's not something hidden and weird. It's not a cult. It is a revelation of the open book, God the Word revealed to you. And if you can get your mind to agree with the Bible, think upon these things. Let these thoughts be your thoughts. It will bring forth a resurrection, and you will be a part of the change and go to the marriage supper of the Lamb.
Amen. Don't you love him this morning? Amen. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross every day. Don't be ashamed to say that you love him. It's all about God. Sing it with me now. Oh, hallelujah, we are to worship the Lord. Amen. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross every day. Don't be ashamed to say that you know Him. Count the cost. Take up your cross and follow Him. What is your cross and my cross today that we have to take up? We have to take up the revelation of the message of the hour. And the revelation that God Himself is here, revealing Himself to us in a unique way that's already said that will be rejected except by the eagles of this hour. And only the very elect will have a mind to open and to receive it. That will become a cross. The revelation of the presence of God, the perusia of Christ, the anointing, will become a cross for every believer. Because if you take that up and you testify and you believe in the presence of God Himself, you will be cast out you will be criticized. You'll be claimed to believe two gods, one God, or some cult religion. You will be cast out of the economy and fellowship with so-called believers. This is our cross. It is unique. It is only for a unique group of people. I don't know who they are. I don't know who will and who will not receive it. And I cannot tell whether you are a believer, an unbeliever, because if you sit there and listen and don't stand up and say, well, I don't believe that, then I know that you're not a believer. As long as you're not in your head, I can't tell one thing of whether you're being taught or not. Only you and God will know. But I am assured by the Word of God, there's nobody going to miss this tribulation that's upon us without the revelation of the presence of Elohim, Jehovah, God himself he is here proven spiritually materially and manifestation wise God himself is here and he's here to do a work for us it is present tense now faith is and our faith is a revelation that will bring about a rapture are we desperate has desperation set in? I don't see it. One more. I, I know I'm keeping you too long. What? What do I hear the brothers say? I'm not. I'm not critical. Don't take this wrong, please. On tape and online, don't take it wrong. Well, when the squeeze comes, then we'll watch the third pull. You know what you're telling me? You don't believe God's here. You don't believe the message at all. 
you're still waiting down the road for God to do something for you. Oh, when the squeeze comes, watch the third pull then. What is the third pull? The third pull is a revelation that God Himself is here. The third pull is Revelation 10, 1 to 7. That's called the seventh seal. And the prophet plainly tells, even theologians know, that that is an appearing, a coming of someone. And he's not coming with his bride. He's not coming for his bride. He's coming down here to reveal himself to his bride to take her out of here. So there will be a revelation first, a faith, a resurrection, then a rapture. So the revelation becomes your cross. The presence to us is the same as receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the 1920s. People that received the Holy Ghost, they used to cast them out of churches, stone their houses, ridicule them, call them devils and everything else. They was ridiculed, they was cast out until it become popular. Now Hollywood, the Pope, and everybody else speaks in tongues and believes they're Pentecostal. You know why? Because the devils took that part over. Now God's moved over here in a bride with a revelation. Now then you're the one that's considered a heretic, a cult, some oddball, some out this, some out. They had nothing good to say about us, folks. Nothing. But I pray to God this morning, and I believe He's present with us now through His Word. Open my mind, O God, teach me thy ways, and let thy paths known unto me. Because the Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Let not my enemies take control over me, and let not my enemies win the war over this revelation. It will bring you into a rapture, and it is the only thing that will do it. My question is, do we have faith in the presence of God? Because that presence is the only thing that's going to take you out of here. Amen. So I ask you this morning, open your minds. Think on these things. Let it become your cross. Don't be ashamed of the confession. Well, if I tell some people like that, they, they sure will. You'll find out your good Christian friends are not really your friends. But that makes no difference because that confession will bring it to pass in your life. So I'm going to ask you to sing this song one more time with the thought. Will I endure the, the penalty? Will I endure the suffering of the revelation of the presence of Almighty God? That's what the message was all about, and that's what they rejected William Branham for because he said, my God is here, just like he promised in the Scripture. And the church system says, you're of the devil. So let's sing it out. Take up your cross. Let's take this revelation out. Let's make up our minds to look at it. Think about it. Every day. Don't, don't be ashamed of the Bible. Don't be ashamed of His teaching. Take a call. Come on, count it out. 
Turn around and shake hands with somebody in that cell now. Well, take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross every day. Don't be ashamed to say that you know Him. Well, count the cost. Take up your cross and follow. How many really loves the world this morning? Come on now. Oh, take up your cross. Let's cast out all unbelief this morning. The devil is a liar. Hallelujah. Every day, don't be ashamed to say that you know him. Count the cost, take up your cross, and follow me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for the revelation of thyself this morning. Thank you for this great spirit that has come in this hour. This great ministry of thyself, proving that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. May our minds meditate upon your word until the word becomes spirit in our lives. May your grace and mercy be real to us. Teach us your ways. Lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Protect us against all enemies that would come in our minds to destroy our faith. Thank you for salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we thank you for the manifestation of your word in this hour. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for saving us. And thank you for revealing yourself to us. Now may we, by meditation, become a part of the living word of God, as you promised. So guard us, protect us, bless us, heal our bodies. Most of all, heal our minds that will have the right mental attitude toward the message of this hour. For we ask these blessings in Jesus' name and for his glory. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming this morning. We had a marvelous vacation. We did rest about 16 hours a day. So I should be rested up, but all of a sudden it took about 45 minutes to be tired again. So God bless you. Pray for us. It will get better. Amen. We will be healed. And then maybe we'll be able to preach a little bit in the power of his presence. Amen. God bless you. See you Saturday. And I'm looking forward to it. And here at the Big Bang, it's amazing how much money will go up in about 10 minutes. But that's all right. It's only money. And God give it to us. And we spend it to the glory of God. So we'll see you. Lord bless you. How many loves the Lord this morning? Do you love each other? Amen. Are you waiting for the transformation, the transportation? How many expect the body change real quick? Amen. All right. God bless you. We'll see you Saturday afternoon. Take up your cross and follow Jesus.